0: This is yellow.
1: Listening to yellow packaging
0: by Jocelyn and Colton for two Asians born and raised in Vancouver,
1: living our lives through the perspective of a growing minority.
0: Our podcast is about nothing,
1: about something,
0: and about everything.
1: We talk about issues going on in our lives, our city,
0: and how that relates back to our place in a Western society.
1: So sit back, listen up, get a new view on what it's like, get
0: a new view on what it's like to live in Vancouver, to live in Vancouver.
1: Hey, what's up? This is Colton.
0: Hi, this is Jessalyn.
1: And as you already heard in the the new intro, this is episode 15. And we are
0: yellow packaging. And we are
1: yellow packaging. Packaging.
0: Packaging. Rosa Jessalyn.
1: <laughs> you also forgot to mention Issa.
0: Oh, Issa. My, <laughs> so you may need to one, record that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fit her in the song.
1: <laughs> Just, she doesn't work for where? <laughs> she's,
0: she's out. She's out. <laughs> I can't keep her around.
1: Yeah, so this is episode 15.
0: When did we record last? Like last
1: month. Right before... Yeah, it was like last month, yeah. Okay. Because I got back from Vegas already at that point, so yeah. Well, last month? Yeah. So it's been a month. We kind of lagged, but...
0: Yeah, because someone had a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Who? got things to do and yeah. babies to feed but hey
1: as long as we're continuing to record that's all that matters
0: yeah it's true
1: so baby update in case people don't like to hear about Issa, you can skip
0: uh, but that's all talked about now. we're gonna
1: talk about Issa for probably 10 minutes so <laughs> prepare yourself here's your out
0: uh I'll make it eight minutes
1: all <laughs> right and counting uh yeah how, so how old is good. she
0: she is seven and a half weeks so seven. she'll be eight weeks on a friday
1: eight weeks that's two months
0: uh, technically, it's like the 9th. So it'd be like March 9th to April 9th. Oh, she's in it. one month, and then to May 9th, she's a month.
1: So she's like just called eight weeks. A month, month and then some. Yeah. So guess. then
0: she'll be a month on May 9th, and then she'll get her shots that day, too.
1: Oh, that should be interesting. Yeah. I
0: hear people cry, like moms cry because the babies cry so yeah. much. Um, so you are going to cry? No. I <laughs> feel like. Buck up girl <laughs> exactly the, baby? the feature is be female baby? yeah exactly be strong we'll be a
1: baby <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but it's been good we did have some uh, challenging nights i guess yeah. i would say recently went, or recently she went through a growth spurt so she was feeding like every hour oh my god and she only wanted me to feed her yeah so then we couldn't even give her the bottle so it's just like milking machine
1: that's crazy have some more
0: Ah, it's like all week and then yeah
1: have there ever been moments where you're just like i want to throw in the towel
0: (laughs) i'm done now yeah Yeah, um not really because then you think like you only get that small amount of time where she's this little yeah so even if she's like yelling her brains out it's like i get to see you yell your brains (laughs) out for this little tiny while yeah when you're like this and then she won't need me anymore
1: yeah, I'll I guess... <laughs> <laughs> she will She'll turn into us. <laughs> and like,
0: uh, yeah, can I email my mom? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I'll see
0: you every second weekend.
1: I wonder what happens to create that kind of disconnection, though, between, like, child and parent. Not that they don't want to have... Any, well, they do go through a phase where they want nothing to do with you. Yeah. But then they go through a phase where they're just... The parent becomes more of a burden than a parent.
0: Yeah, I don't... I think that depends on your relationship, too.
1: Like, parent and child dynamics. With Isa, like... Oh, no. what is her dynamic gonna be and what will it be like when you guys are older like are you guys gonna have a my mom's my best friend kind of relationship or is it gonna be like this is my mom <laughs> period
0: <laughs> or she'll like screen her call and she's like uh, she's called me again yeah, yeah. I'm so. busy <laughs> Oh, why <laughs> think about that too sometimes.
1: And Uh, I do think it's, like, the way you're raised and stuff, but I just wonder if... Is is that all it is, like, or is it just inevitable?
0: I don't know, because I don't know a lot of people who have, like, super tight relationships with their mom.
1: Yeah. I think it's more of a Western Caucasian thing, maybe.
0: But then, okay, maybe this is crossing lines yeah. here but i always find that maybe the caucasian moms always want to be the best friend to yeah. their kid like my mom <laughs> wasn't looking to be my best no
1: friend. my mom wasn't either
0: she didn't i don't even think she wanted me to be her friend that's I'm so, saying.
1: maybe it's a cultural thing you yeah know, like where asian is like clear child parent like lines that you do not cross in a sense whereas like in western cultures it's like your parents care about you so much that they that they want to be your best friend they want to be somebody you can go to and like if it's
0: immigration too, like yeah. um, if you're first generation, yeah. you, you may not have it because your parents didn't have that, yeah. so they have that disconnect, yeah. you wanted yeah. that relationship. Well, because that's how you're raised, right, yeah. as well. So then you want the opposite of that, because yeah. I see my cousins, and they've got grown kids, yeah. and they're like mid-twenties, yeah. and they have really good relationships with their yeah. kids. Yeah, so
1: I guess it is just like the culture you're raised in, so to speak, and I think like for us, it's like what we call that third culture, where... You're not necessarily born in the culture that your parents were born in, and you weren't necessarily associated to the culture that you're raised in, in a sense, you know what I mean? Because yeah. It, so then you just have your own culture, which is like this middle culture, you know what I mean? Or you, I think
0: that's kind of where we're at, yeah. too, this
1: middle culture. So I think in your situation with Isa, she's she'll have like a true... Western cultural experience so to speak unless you move back to like the Philippines or <laughs> move to China or something like that it's true
0: because I think about my grandma she's very like affectionate loving yeah. when we're younger especially yeah. um, and I feel that way with Issa yeah uh, but I don't want to go to the extent of my grandma even though she's like the best lady in the whole entire mm-hmm, world mm-hmm. of um, the way she raises too she like did everything for us yeah. down to like I think I've said this in other podcasts like so we could sleep in a little bit more in the morning. She'd like wash her face yeah. and dress us. So would be like half <laughs> asleep and she's putting new clothes on us yeah. and then gets us ready. And then she's got food ready. She just plops us in front of the TV yeah. and now she's shoveling food in her mouth. Yeah. And then she brushed our teeth and then we're off to go. Like yeah. she's done everything. You just had to like kind of show <laughs> up like half awake. Just be a body. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't think I'd do that. Yeah, no. You'll have to do some shit. That's how you, like,
1: not necessarily fuck your kid up, but that's also how you, like, raise them with these weird...
0: Like, you're spoiled. You've got, like, different expectations of how people will treat you. I agree. I think
1: there's a fine line, though, as well, right? Because I think how you raise your kid and the rules and kind of regulations that you put on your kid will ultimately have an effect when they're older on how they view you. Oh, my
0: goodness. That's kind of what I worry about because you meet enough people and some of them are fucked up. Yeah. Like, you know, you're mom or your dad fucking did it yeah totally what did they do right? <laughs> exactly i did not want to do that to my kid yeah
1: but it, like that's what i'm saying like how much of that can be controlled and how much of that is inevitable
0: Ugh, i don't know i guess we just find out yeah we'll see talk to me in 18 years <laughs> yeah, and see exactly. what up
1: well you know you got me so i think her <laughs> her entire like circle of family circle are all third culture kids yeah. in a sense right so I think we all can do our best to raise her as a it functioning. Takes a it takes a village to raise a woman. It takes a village. <laughs> Preach. This,
0: this village yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, we got
1: a good. I got my best interest for from my little Isa, my little bonkwi-kwi. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call her that when she's intelligent enough to understand. And
0: then she'll YouTube it and just like say
1: what, she'll start dressing like her, drawing on her Chola eyebrows. Getting some long fake nails, <laughs> but yeah. Chancho. Okay, so she's seven weeks old. No, eight seven weeks? weeks. Seven weeks. Well, I guess eight weeks. Yeah. Friday. Seven eight weeks, and she's. You said she went through a growth spurt. Yeah, you noticed too. Didn't
0: yeah, you noticed? she's like ginormous. Yeah, so Chancho. She's, she's, she's nine pounds now. She's my little
1: Chancho for sure. Your
0: chancho that and, means pig. I love her. In español. Yeah.
1: And yeah, you know, no more midwife
0: yeah that was really really traumatic for me yeah i cried you said did not
1: (laughs) she's just like good (laughs) riddance. i
0: still feel sad thinking about it yeah but you still text her her. i texted her with another question and she messaged me and she was like very clear-cut at the end of it was like oh lol good night and i was like okay
1: she's like I'm charging you next time you text me. Stop talking to me. She's that like, "What's your credit card you. number?" <laughs>
0: man, it was really hard. i was just. Did she crying. come here or did she go? No, we went there, and then Coleman um had the day off or had the afternoon off, oh, so that's he good. came too, and then um we just said goodbye, and then she wrote me the nicest text after. Yeah. Because I wrote her a card. And I gave her pictures of Issa.
1: You went to her house?
0: No, just to the clinic. Oh, she to, was working at the
1: clinic. Yeah.
0: So it was her last visit. I brought the cars. I brought it for the we Were you already crying when you like got in? Well, I was getting worked out. And I was like, <sighs> and then you still had to go through. It was like maybe a 45-minute um, yeah. appointment. So Issa had to do her last physical and everything. Yeah. And then I had to do mine too. And then at the end of it, I was holding the card. And I'm like... We got you a card. She's like, okay, I'll read this later. She's like, well, this is such a special experience. It went by really fast. Um, She was like, textbook. She's like, I'll be keeping this till Issa's 21 years old. And I was like, okay. And then I I was like, okay, bye. And then I went downstairs and she's like, oh, I'll have to give you the paperwork to give to your doctor. Yeah. And then when she gave it to me, I was just like, (laughs) eh. Then you started
1: crying.
0: Can I have a picture of you and Issa together? Oh, what could happen too. <laughs> I was like oh, I like crying.
1: It's kind of an emotional crying. experience. I think she went through like a lot of it with you too, right? So yeah. I did. Aw.
0: Now I feel bad too because Lada, even though she's just the reception, she's not just the
1: receptionist.
0: <laughs> I didn't ask for a picture with her too, but she was crying, and we're all just crying, <laughs> and then Cole is <laughs> just laughing. That's what Coleman does when there's. Crying, yeah. He's just like what the heck? like <laughs>, laughs. And then, uh, when we're leaving, I was trying to pull myself together. I was like, I'm really gonna miss you guys. Like, I'm just a boat ride over, I'm gonna miss you. I'm gonna start crying right now, too. And then, um, I was trying to hold it together. And then we left when we got to the elevator. I was like, God, <laughs> and I miss you so much. And like, I just missed her. He's like, You can go visit. I was like, Yeah, I can go visit them. Oh, that's sad. No, you're crying. I'm going to you, just so special to us it's you're gonna have just... to edit
1: this out <laughs> no tears
0: seven minutes of crying that's what happens when you talk about our midwife uh but yeah that was really hard but it's okay now
1: it's okay, you know? <laughs> clearly you're not crying at all no, not crying. it's allergies like
0: sunshine in the city it's, you know it so is much sunshine makes my eyes water <laughs> Yes, now that you asked about my big question. It only took
1: 15 episodes for us to cry on on a podcast, but we did it.
0: We've touched every emotion now. I feel like we have. We're angry. We're happy. Now we're teeny sad. All right. Okay, so tell me something fun. (laughs) What <laughs> she okay. got for me.
1: Alright. Um uh, Well I just got back from Hawaii.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was really nice.
0: There's no tears there, I bet.
1: <laughs> yes, tears of joy. Yeah, <laughs> Hawaii nice. was amazing. So I went there uh, a week ago, week week and a half ago. Yes. Um flew to Oahu, the main island, and then we stayed up on the northern area of Oahu called Haliwa, a small little surf town up in the north shore, like northern part. They call it the north shore there. Yes. But it was like north shore on shore. Did you surf? No, I was going to, but those waves, the waves looked really scary. So I was just like, yeah, no, I think I'm good with just <laughs> those. Because where we were, it was like I'm like pro surfers. We're all is that over
0: where it. Guy from Terrace? Yeah.
1: So he, <laughs> yeah, that's right. My, I was, looking, I was looking for him, but obviously he's not there. <laughs> guy, is that him? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But so where he, where he? Remember when he you watched all it, right? <gasps> yeah, where he got was like injured? messed up. So that was the bonsai pipeline, I think. So that's where we were staying, like around there. Like we were probably like I'd say like a thirty minute walk. From where that area is.
0: Oh my gosh. He was traumatized. Yeah. From that exactly. After.
1: He actually was sad too. He was crying. I yeah. Think. I think
0: I cried in that one
1: too. <laughs> Alright. Here they come again. <laughs>
0: oh my Are you okay? Are you okay?
1: <laughs> but yeah. No. So we were there. Like we were into the little beach house. And our backyard was literally like the oh beach. Oh my goodness. It was amazing. Yeah. And then just ate and tanned all day yeah, every day. good over there. Right? It was amazing. So many good food trucks there. And like. Yeah, What's your good, favorite? Your my favorite and most memorable was definitely, they have a rotisserie food truck there. Oh my god, it's so good. It
0: sounds delicious. They
1: just like, literally, they park outside like a grocery store, they lay out like this huge charcoal fire pit with like, the rotisserie rotating things, yeah. and they're all just like hand turning them. And they sell it like, all day until they like, sell out. But it's only on the weekends. So yeah, it was, a, honestly, this trip was amazing. Like, from the house, to like, the food, to the sunshine that we got, yeah. to just spending quality time with, like, family and friends, it was, like, that was a true definition of what a vacation was for me. like like relax, Yeah, exactly. And I just felt, like, just getting that sunshine was amazing. So that was what I've been up to since. Um, Besides that, we also, last Sunday, went... To the art gallery.
0: Oh right, we finally did that because I think in our other podcast we're saying we're gonna do
1: it exactly. So we finally did it. This was your second time going. Yeah. Was it better the first time or the second time?
0: It was better the first time just because I got to see new experience. But then you're always seeing something new, anyways. Like I noticed something new when I when I saw it again.
1: So we went to the Takashi Murakami art exhibit that was happening there. It's I think it's on till like Friday the sixth. Is that Friday? No, first Sunday, yeah, so
0: until Sunday.
1: So yeah, so that's what we went to. It was really fun. Yeah, it was um, really fun. Yeah, it was our out. Your your Issa's first time in an art gallery. Second time. Second time. She time. Was there. <laughs> Jeez. she's so cultured. Um, <laughs>
0: she stayed a week longer this time. Yeah. Oh yeah, I need to post that picture of us going. I'll yeah. Today.
1: So that was really fun. That was what we did. Um, um, and that's about it, really. I think. Right.
0: Yeah. It was nice to see that the art gallery had like, projects for kits. Yeah. They
1: had, like, clipboards. Interactive projects, yeah. Yeah, and
0: it was, like, um, I think it was, like, a scavenger hunt. They had clipboards with things on it. Yeah. Scavenger hunt, and then they could draw Draw. some of the things that they saw. Yeah. And then they come back with it, and then they get something. Yeah. Couldn't spy. It'd be, like, (laughs) such
1: a creep. It's like, hey, what are you doing? (laughs) Show me. Show me what you got. (laughs) Here,
0: I'll follow you. (laughs) Yeah, no,
1: You could have just asked for one yourself.
0: Oh, I could have. Um, but no. Yeah. This story is better. Right. <laughs> yeah. a small child. But it says they have those things. I didn't know they did.
1: Yeah, it's great. I think, like, as Issa gets older, I think that's something you should, I think would be a great thing oh, to, totally. you know. I think it's really cool to see parents take their kids to the art gallery, you know, instead of just, like, sitting at home playing on a an iPad, iPad or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Jinx. <laughs> oh, did they my soda pop? <laughs>
0: I don't drink pop. Oh, must be bad luck for me. <laughs> I hear that punch you every oh, time we talk. You know. <laughs> Just joking. This will be a very long podcast. Yeah, that was weird we said that this <laughs> time. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah there's like the really cool things in the city for kids like from the Vancouver Public Library.
1: Yeah.
0: And then Science World and then this. Art Gallery. Okay, well... Can we
1: go on to some, some topics? Some topics,
0: time? yeah. Right. Why,
1: why don't you play us a lovely intro to topics? Because the fans... All
0: our fans Are love... lining
1: up for this debut yeah. song. Down,
0: down, down, down To our next topic Yay! <laughs> I love it! Okay.
1: <laughs> okay, I think you should go first. Okay. Uh, What's
0: your topic? My topic is... Um, something I saw on Netflix, there is a new documentary out on, do you remember that white gal who thinks she's black?
1: Rachel. Rachel Dolzal? Yeah, Dolzal. Is
0: it Dolzal? Dolzal. I don't know um anyway she's got a new documentary on netflix that just came out like two weeks ago and
1: uh is it a netflix exclusive documentary it is a
0: netflix exclusive uh they followed her for like two years oh really um and this is just like right in probably like after 2015 to now
1: yeah um so that was like right when that shit started hitting yes
0: it's like 2015 is when she was outed by uh the Spokane local news. Right. So
1: just uh, a backstory in regards to that. Who okay. is Rachel Dolezal? So
0: she is an activist. Yeah. She was a former head of the Spokane NNACP. It's a an association for like colored people. Okay. Like, people of color, yeah. yeah. And so do you say colored people? No, they call, that's not like a mean term. They yeah. Have, I think the correct forest. term is like
1: people of color. People but. of POC. POC.
0: Um. But, but she's, really known for is trying or she'd present herself as a black woman or yeah. she identifies as a black woman even right. though she's like straight up caucasian um she would text like self tan i think people yeah. are, you know dragging your memory now self tan she gets her hair braided yeah um that's who she is she's biologically caucasian um uh, but then she would try really hard to pass as black
1: right so she tries to visually come across as an African-American. Yes. Got it.
0: Um, she did go to Howard university though. What so is that? Howard university is, um, primarily a black school. Okay. And so she, this, I read this in an article. She had, um, sued the school for discrimination for mm-hmm. not accepting her to that. Because school. of her color. Yeah. Cause she's a white woman. Right. And Howard university is like predominantly black. Yeah. She's like, a black school.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so with that, they think, I think they talk with it in documentary as well because of her credentials at a black, like, college or yeah. university. People thought she was black. But right. She's, like, self-tanned. Yeah. Uh, the braids. Cornrows and stuff, And yeah. she's got a Howard University degree. Yeah. It's so like, okay, of course she's a black woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes. And then there's another thing I learned. I didn't know this before. She had a black friend. She had casted her black friend as her father. So she had created these stories for people to think. Of course, she's black, so they and then think, not yeah, question for sure her, um, even though she looks like a white woman. I don't know.
1: All right. So they've been following. You. So she got. So okay. yeah, so that's
0: documentary. Um, they follow her. They talk to people in yeah. like her family. She's got three children, yeah. all of them are African American as right. well. They follow them. Yeah, they talk about their story and how her situation has affected mm-hmm. them. Yeah. being being black and she being white yeah and then the parents had they talked to the parents as well and then they talk about how she is white she yeah. was raised
1: amish yeah
0: um so when i was reading this article it's a Vogue article it's called how do you solve a problem like rachel dozal 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 i don't know that's gonna bug me um one thing popped out in this article yeah. and it's, um, I read it to you earlier, but I think it's really strong. So race after all is only a nebulous concept. If you're white for everyone else, it's some combination of inheritance, upbringing, tradition, and the lived experience of physical culture, otherness in a country long governed by whiteness and defined by white.
1: hundred percent. Is that what the article says? Or is that what Rachel is saying?
0: say? That's what the article was saying. Where's so this article th- from? This is um a Vogue article. Oh, that came her, out like uh, yesterday okay. I think.
1: So they're they're saying are they are they for her or against her? Or are they just, just the like, situation?
0: They're just talking about the situation. they're, they're predominantly just talking about the yeah. the documentary. Right. And it's like recap like she's been out of the limelight for a while. She came out yeah. with a memoir. And right, right,
1: right, yeah. No she's one just even thanking. knows about.
0: Um and then she did like that kind of book tour. Yeah. But She believes, like Rachel believes so strongly that she identifies more with being a black woman. Okay. And then this, that quote from the article just shows... Clarifies.
1: To be a different, this is what you have to experience in a sense. Yeah,
0: so that's like her disconnect. But then what this article was also saying, and I think you see it in the documentary, is that she didn't have a connection to her whiteness. Right. She was like a... Eighteen-year-old woman living in Spokane, yeah, um, or I think Montana at this time, and she looked like a young, like a twelve-year-old, and she's an Amish girl. She yeah. didn't connect with those people. Mm-hmm. She didn't connect anywhere, right. and then where she did feel like a more, like a bigger connection was with the black community. Yeah, so it's hard to say. Like, it's not hard to say. Yeah, you're not a black woman. You're
1: not. Exactly, and I think that's where the whole idea of like cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation comes into play, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. How about a fetish to, to yeah, that? Yeah, it's like
1: a fetishization, you know, yeah. I think that's very similar to like cultural appropriation, it's like, you are only basing what you know on that culture or that race on what you've seen and what you've been around, but to actually be that race, like that vulgar article says, you have to have grown up with that kind of experience, Yeah. I think for her to say I've never related to my my race or whatever is kind of ridiculous. She's saying this at eighteen, but when she was younger, like, what did she when she, when she was born and she was able to think intelligently? Did she say she was black?
0: Yeah, you know I what don't I mean. Know. It's
1: like you're only saying that at a certain age, but what happened to the years before then? And I think yeah. like and the, like on the flip side of that, it's it's like you know how a lot of people relate to rap music, you know what I mean? And, like, rap music has a, a certain cultural uh, connotation to it, you know, like, it being, like, African-American, growing up in, in the U.S., you know, like, the Bronx and all that stuff. Yeah. Living a certain life that only African-American people can relate to, you know what I mean? But then yet you have people, white people, Asians, whatever, right? Relating and feeling so strongly about rap music. Is that also... Because
0: I cool? can also interpret that music into something internal for them
1: yeah but yeah i guess i don't know i'm trying the to I'm... music
0: they're putting out there is specific to yeah. them and that area totally and how they grew up
1: yeah so that's why i'm trying to figure it's like rachel dolezal should approach this the way people approach rap music does yeah. that make sense it's
0: like your but interpretation of it yeah
1: It's your interpretation. It's her interpretation of it, so to speak. And I think that's where she's going wrong. And that's where she's getting the backlash. Because rather than appreciating and showing internal and and like kind of internalizing it and like turning it into your story. Yeah. You're trying to be that story. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And she can't be that. story. Yeah.
1: And I think that's what she's not understanding is that you will never understand what it's like to be black because you're never raised black. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think if her, sto- her story would be more plausible if her parents were black. But you can't just say you want to be black one day and just be black. And
0: then go to Howard University. Yeah, exactly. Hang out with all the black community. Totally. So it'd be interesting to watch the documentary now. It yeah. just came out. So I'm going to go and, and watch it, it yeah. and see. Maybe you watch it too.
1: Yeah, I'll check it out. I just, yeah. I wonder if that documentary is going to skew a perspective, is, is from a skewed perspective. Do you know what I mean? Like, are they going to try and paint her as this person that's that's good and what she's doing is right? Like, I'm not saying what she's doing is wrong, but I think she just. just it's I think, wrong. Yeah. What, <laughs> like it I feels think, but, wrong. but she's also like doing her part to like give black people of like the black cult black um black representation, right? Like African American representation. She's, she's she's an activist, right?
0: Yeah, you can be a white person yeah. supporting. Your fellow, totally. your black community, in
1: but it's neighborhood. like, yeah, that that community that she's supporting is also rejecting her. I guess maybe not. Maybe I'm just assuming that that. that, that. So
0: the place she worked at, this is their mission statement. Uh, the mission of the National Association of the Advancement of Colored People is to ensure the political, educational, social, and economic quality of rights of all persons right. and to eliminate race-based discrimination. Mm. So before if she went, she was the head of this association. So. Got
1: it. Okay. Uh, well, how do you feel about it? Do you feel like with this documentary and everything, do you think she still is coming at it from a, I am black. That's why like all this tension is placed around me. Or do you think she's just running wild with the tension that she's getting and kind of banking on everything that she can get?
0: I think now it's that. Yeah. I think her intentions were good. She didn't think she was hurting anyone. Yeah. Um, but now that she's been outed yeah. and she's still on this. Right. And that's not being honest with yourself. Like mm-hmm. you're not a black woman yeah. and you can stop tanning now. Totally. Um, but I I think this documentary is gonna show more of an understanding. Like how did she decide she was gonna <laughs> go along with all of this and yeah. go through with the tanning, the grades, yeah. and then having your friend be your totally. dad.
1: Like I feel like there's a screw loose. In a sense, you yeah. like something traumatic must have happened to you to make you switch like that. You know what I mean?
0: You know, at that age to at like 18.
1: You're very impressionable.
0: Totally. And you know what? Maybe I think both of us can say that we didn't really connect. I yeah. don't feel like I was like belonging to a group or yeah. a, a, I don't know, you know?
1: Yeah. No, for sure. I get it
0: identify really with anything i don't know so
1: are you going to be watching this documentary with an open mind or are you already going to come in with your biases um, i think that's what's really important
0: i think obviously with an open mind like i don't i don't know enough about her to
1: to form an opinion for sure yeah to be
0: that judgmental all i know is that she tried really hard to be black tried to hide it yeah and now she she's been out in and she's still doing the same thing well, so she's, like, at least she's
1: staying true to her story, so to speak. Yeah, I guess right. so.
0: Um, but yeah, so that's that's what my topic is. I think um, I think we should watch it and see. Okay. Yeah, cool. so that's is it. That,
1: well, more to come then, I guess, yeah. Post, post-watching the doc. We'll I think find we've just out.
0: been talking about this a lot. It just seems like such a crazy it concept. Is.
1: I think once you become aware of it, it's like opening a window that you just can't close. And you're just more aware of it. And I'm hoping that you know, like, as we talk about it and we bring it up more frequently in our episodes, that we're also making other people more aware of it. And I think like creating awareness and understanding what's right and what's wrong, you know, and not just accepting it. And also
0: to to ask yourself, like, it feels wrong. Yeah, but I'm not sure why. Asking why, like Babette said, right?
1: I think that was a really good episode. Yeah, she unlocked a lot of things for us. Totally. All right. Should we move on to my topic? Okay, so my topic was. started off on YouTube. I was just randomly looking at videos on YouTube, and this video from um, NBC came up. Um, What's it called? um, So the title of the video that I watched was called um, The Model Minority Myth, Why the Studio's Asian Stereotype Hurts. Okay. So it's essentially, it's a doc. It was like a short, like 10 minute documentary about this, about this girl who typical Asian stereotype where you're really good at school, you get straight A's and all this Mm, stuff, you know? And she was raised with that mentality where it's like, you always get an A's, you always be an overachiever, always perfect everything. Perfect, perfect, perfect. You know, you do good in school, you do good in life. Yeah. That was like the motto. So she was an amazing student, valedictorian and everything like that. And then she got accepted into Harvard. And when she got to Harvard, she realized, you know. She isn't that unique. She's not that special because everybody at Harvard was the same thing as her. Everybody was studious. Everybody was hardworking. Everybody was valedictorian. And she realized, you know, like you can be good in high school, but once you get to like post-secondary education like Harvard University, things can change in a heartbeat. And for her, she she had a rude awakening where she realized like she doesn't, she's not good in all our classes that she's doing. She's not getting 100% on everything. She's getting C's. She's getting D's, you know? And it, this whole shock of like being this stereotypical perfection came crashing down on her and it actually led to depression anxiety and like oh i believe that yeah just like sure. it drew over into this darkness and through that it kind of exposed her to this understanding that you know what i mean what you're raised like in your family life can come crashing down if that's all you see and you're exposed to like a different side of the world you know what i mean
0: well that's like the quick fall down
1: yeah definitely so that actually led me further into some more articles um about how, about, like, what the Asian model minority is. And the model minority was coined when, essentially, Asians started immigrating into, into the, the, I guess, Western uh, countries. Like, primarily U.S. is, like, the focus okay. of these articles. Yeah. But, essentially, it's, like... So, back then, you had two minorities. Right? You had, like, the African-American black uh, minority, and then okay. you had, like, the others, like us, like, Filipinos, Chinese, Koreans, Asians, Japanese, right? And so... Model minority was coined around the Asian Americans because, you know, we're hardworking. We don't cause trouble. We are overachievers. um, We do any kind of job. We earn what, like we we work hard for our money. And then our kids who brought here are raised with that mentality where it's like, you're, you're, you're here on a privilege, you work hard, you do everything. And so in that sense, all these kids were raised, with the, the idea that you need to be you need to do good in everything you do good in school you'll be successful in life you know yeah. this mentality so obviously this pressure was passed along all the kids and thus created this model minority where Asian Americans are the model minority and um, African Americans or Hispanics or whatever are not the model minority yeah does that make sense that makes sense okay so um so that led me further on to Huffington Post article called um by andrew tam called a hidden tragedy and it's essentially about how this whole creation of anxiety and like mm-hmm. depression and darkness in asian american when i say asian american this also applies to canadian as well yeah. it's the same thing but how there is this unspoken thing that a lot of asians go through depression and anxiety and Actually, suicide because of this stereotype, pressure. this pressure, and stereotype yeah. that's placed on them, not only from their parents but from everybody around them, because the because of the, these stereotypes have been exemplified across like many years. So, um, just a little excerpt from the article uh, says the stereotype of the studious Asian American who excels academically often in math and science, has been entrenched in the ethos of the American education system. As the characterization goes, Asians do well because they're part of a group of naturally high achievers who are highly educated and highly successful, a model to which other racial minorities should aspire. Liang, who is a mental health hotline counselor who is very uh, well-versed in this issue going on with Asian Americans, uh, she says that she handles a lot of calls involving academic pressure from New York's Chinese population, which is, lo- which is the largest Chinese population of any of the cities outside of Asia. Um, she says they're under a lot of stress because their parents sacrifice a lot, and they're trying mm-hmm. to keep up their grades, and they do go through a lot of the anxiety where they have to leave school after the first year. But because the kids are going to school and they have to do well in school, and the parents are hardworking, and they're they're trying to support the family, she says parents are overworked saying they don't give a lot of attention to their their children because of long hours they work as immigrants so really the only validation they get is from good grades which makes sense you know what i mean um that becomes their identity just to get approval from their parents and i can say from my perspective i that was an unlock for me where i was just like i get it now you know i it kind of makes sense you know you're raised, like if you're raised in a western culture like I brought up in previous episodes yeah. you're raised with this western philosophy that validation should be given to you from your parents but yeah. as i mentioned before you don't. Asians do not validate at yeah. all and their only validation is through grades you know what i mean so it's like this it's like this sixth twisted circle that has been created through immigrant parents and and um first generation kids yeah and i know for me from my perspective i knew that like what my teachers and and my teachers were telling me about getting a C plus or a B was far different from what my parents were telling me. You know what I mean? Yeah. They say, "Oh, C plus is still satisfactory. That's really good, and B is good too." But for me, I was like, "If I didn't get an A, like I'm <laughs> fucked." And not saying I was an overachiever, like I got B's and C's, but. For me, that never felt like I was successful in any way. But
0: you get anxiety thinking about Oh yeah, like, for sure. I gotta see. Yeah, like in,
1: was not my last episode Episode before where I said that we actually changed our yeah. report cards <laughs> just so that we wouldn't get our ass and beat.
0: And the phones. Yeah,
1: so it just goes to show you that it, like the like third culture issues that I've talked about yeah. run so deep for us, even from the get-go. And our Asian immigrant parents don't understand yeah. why that why we are the way we are.
0: You yeah. know what I mean? Because they weren't there too. They're working their asses yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. See Just to support the family, your, and they're going through.
1: Yeah, and their only, they're all, their only understanding of how you're doing is through your grades, so to speak, your performances. That's yeah. cool because school is so important in like Asian immigrant culture. Does that make sense?
0: It does make sense. Yeah,
1: I don't know if it's like I know being a Chinese that where that is very very strong and like yeah. visible. Is it the same in Filipino culture?
0: Maybe in some families. I didn't really feel that in mine. Um, I failed uh, biology. Yeah. And I was failing math. My mom just got me a tutor. Yeah. And then I just did the test again. I wasn't grounded. Yeah. And I wasn't scared to tell my mom. Yeah. I was more like, fuck, I'm stupid. Yeah. Like, I need help or something. That was it. Yeah. So I didn't really have that pressure.
1: No. So good grades weren't necessarily a form of, like, validation for you then?
0: No, not, it. it's nice that we did, my mom was really proud of us, but if, I think she understood too, like, school, maybe not for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know.
1: It's different, yeah. It is
0: different, because I can understand, like, the people in that article, they've strived their whole entire lives yeah. um, to be the valetictorian and go into an Ivy League school. Yeah. So they reach, like, their pinnacle, and then they go to, like, Harvard. Yeah. Everyone there is just like them. Yeah.
1: You're not special.
0: Yeah, and it's like, and I'm flunking. I've never flunked anything in my life. Totally. And now it's happening.
1: And like, can you? I can only imagine how much of a dark like spiral that puts you into. Just when you're in that kind of
0: that's like twenty years of your life or eighteen years of your life living that way, thinking
1: that you were, you know, something that you're not in a sense. Yeah. So reality
0: check. Yeah. yeah, No wonder.
1: It's it's hard being an Asian American, so Asian Canadian. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot
0: of different pressures. I feel like yeah. maybe other cultures don't feel
1: totally. And I like I know I talk about it all the time, but like this whole third culture thing, it's just it's definitely an eye opener for me. Where I it's made me more self aware in terms of why I am the way I am, and like it makes me kind of like my said, asking asking why. Yeah. And I can I can say now more than ever I'm asking why in regards to everything. You know, why am I like this with my mom? Why doesn't she understand this? Or why are Asians like this? why are people from Asia like this, but then I'm like this, you know, it's like, yeah. it's just like you start questioning and I think the more you ask why, the more you understand and the more you understand, the more you can relate. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: Totally. Cause I, I feel the same ever that ever since that episode with Babette. Yeah. That just like was a huge eye opener. Yeah. Like for decolonization sure. Decolonization. Yeah. To something more, um, I guess local to yeah. me and my family. Totally.
1: I think decolonization and just asking why can happen in every aspect of your life. You yeah. Know what I mean. Like, who are we trying to be? Like, who are we as, like, first-generation Asians?
0: Yeah, and why do we do what we do? Yeah.
1: Sort of, yeah. 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 You you were you were born in Phili- the Philippines, though. No, you yeah. were born in Winnipeg. <laughs> Winnipeg, that's right. Man- yeah, Man- sorry, Man- not me So I say, why? Why Winnipeg? <laughs> why Winnipeg? Let's <laughs> we'll start there. That's right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I think we had some pretty good topics. I think so, too. Should we move on to some sweet and sour? Yes. Well, play us a intro, My Fair Lady. It's the same
0: chords. <laughs> sweet and sour, sweet and
1: sour, sour and sweet. Yum. <laughs> Yummy. Yummy. Uh,
0: okay, how about you start? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I have a sour. As, as we now head into May, the weather is becoming more true to spring summer weather with the sun and the temperature rising and as a result of that um i'm riding my bike because the weather's nice and Mm -hmm. i can enjoy riding my bike what i don't like is when people feel like they could not bash but talk shit about all the bike lanes and how cyclists are ruining vancouver
0: What? who said that
1: people say that don't act like you have. remember we saw
0: that they wanted to take the lanes down
1: yeah so i'm just like i don't know we're doing
0: our part for the environment yeah
1: and i get that you have a car and that you're driving but how how does my bike lane really ruin your your day so to speak you know what i mean i think i think my issue is that people don't understand the the importance of bike lanes
0: yeah because they don't have a bike yeah
1: they don't have a bike but then like you don't see me shitting on on drivers when they're You know what I mean? They're getting built highways or roads or something like that. You know what I mean?
0: There's such a divide between the two. Like now they're putting that bike lane on the Canby Street Bridge.
1: And now everybody's pissed off about that. Well,
0: I get that too. We don't need a bike lane. I was just, I walked over it today.
1: It's wide enough.
0: It's wide enough. Everyone's sharing the road. But I think the issue is
1: that there's only, only, the Canby Street Bridge is a bridge that connects essentially Canby Street to downtown. Yeah. Um, There's only, only one side of it is a bike lane. Not the other side. The other side is just the walking lane. Like like a two-person max walking lane. Two-person yeah. wide walking
0: lane. So I was walking on the wide side and traffic was coming. And yeah. it's like maybe 5.30. Yeah. This is peak traffic hours. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was doing their thing. Yeah. Tons of bikers, strollers, old ladies. Yeah. We shared the road. Right. We can all share the road.
1: I think, I think essentially Vancouver wants to make downtown a no-car area essentially.
0: Yeah, there's some, a couple of cities that are like that too. Yeah, right? and I don't I don't think
1: there's, I actually, maybe because I live in the city and I don't have a car, I to me, it doesn't bother me.
0: Doesn't bother me
1: either. But people, I think people who drive cars feel they're entitled. I think there's a sense of entitlement to it, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, why do you have to be like, this is my road, you know, get off my, my road, road, rather than of... be open to sharing, you know? Yeah. Like I get that they're off. Like I get where they can come from, where they have a bad experience with the cyclist who is being a total idiot and ignorant. You know what I mean? I think those are the ones that are kind of ruining it for us. But I don't think it's justified.
0: Yeah, to be mean totally or to be
1: upset about adding a bike lane.
0: I'm upset about the candy one because I feel like we it's don't need needed. that one. You don't. I'm are they just it? Are they
1: just renovating the current?
0: No, I think they're adding. They're adding lines, a bike lane, so I think you might lose maybe a lane. Got it. I'm not sure the details, yeah. but it, it's causing a lot of traffic.
1: To be confirmed. Is yeah. it? Has it already started?
0: I think they've started. Remember at the end of Canby, they yeah. had a bike lane. Yeah. So that one was like pissing people off. Yeah. Because that one goes through the city. I don't think we needed that to begin with. Got it. Um, but yeah, that's just the start of it.
1: Hmm. Well, I don't know. I'm all for making Vancouver a greener place.
0: Yeah, me too. But
1: I get, like, I get why drivers would be upset by, it, but I just don't think it's needed. Yeah. To be that vocal in terms of your anger so yeah um what's your sour i
0: don't have any that's sour. that's fine you don't have to have a sour i was Maybe trying like to that. think of one as you're talking i really there's nothing for me to complain about everything's that's been pretty pretty good great. people have offered their seat on the sky oh wow they're finally
1: doing that now yeah
0: because i have a stroller yeah and when and i actually had a baby <laughs> yeah which is a lot harder yeah totally and i'm just pushing a cart around yeah um yeah i really don't have any
1: sour. okay do you have a sweet
0: Sweet. Well, outside of the, the city of Vancouver being awesome with our healthcare. Here's um, your sour at that
1: baby crying. I can't, I can't stop. <laughs> can't give me one hour. Exactly.
0: Um, a sweet. Well, it's um the show on Netflix, The Letdown. I'm still in the midst of it. It talks about motherhood. Yeah. I think I'm all going to be about moms <laughs> now. But um, it talks about motherhood. Okay. not in a cheesy, stupid way. Yeah, it's like, like in like a real, real way. Real, like, hilarious yeah. kind of way. Yeah. Um, so the episode I just finished watching was about she was trying to do some sleep training. Yeah. Um, and they were just both miserable. So that I can understand. I can relate. I can see her struggle. Yeah. And be like, fuck, me too. Yeah. Or like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for you. I'm so lucky with this one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, watch it. Netflix. Uh, I think there's only one season right now, but it's so good.
1: Cool. Awesome. What is my sweet? My sweet is...
0: The sweet is and recommendation. Those yeah. are like...
1: Sweet, recommendation, whatever. Yeah. I recommend people start re-watching the old Roseanne. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been watching it, and I still laugh every time. Like, that is a timeless TV series. Yeah. But only watch, like, seasons one to, like, six.
0: Yeah, they get really fucky.
1: They get kind of lame afterwards. But everything in between is amazing.
0: Okay, went to six. I'm actually
1: looking to, like, consider... I don't want to buy DVDs because I don't watch DVDs. But How I don't... do you even play DVDs? I know. So I want to, like, just have the all... I may just download them. I may pay for them. Oh. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But, <laughs> I <don't> yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, watch it. It's hilarious. Best TV series ever. I can watch it all day every I think day.
0: I have it too on your computer right yeah. now. We paid for
1: Oh, nicely done. So. How how ethical of you. Yeah. Um, actually, on top of that, another great TV show that I recommend, yeah. Judge Judy.
0: Judge Judy? She
1: is fucking hilarious. How are you
0: watching Judge Judy? Is on YouTube. Cable? Oh, on YouTube. My mom loves Judge Judy. Judge
1: Judy is the... I would say the man, the woman. <laughs> she's the shit. She's
0: the woman.
1: She, she puts stupid people in their place, and it's just it's just amazing. She doesn't take shit for anybody, and she's always right.
0: Okay. If we're going to recommend another show, Bob's Burger. <laughs> Bob's Burger!
1: Hell yeah! I love that show. Tina's hilarious. How, how many seasons are you in now? I
0: think I'm season four. Nice. It's just on in the background. Yeah. I can't really tell you if I, like every detail of it. But so good. It's so funny. Tina's like the
1: horny teenager.
0: She's my favorite. The butts. She loves the butts. <laughs> she loves the butts. I and love the mom the most. Linda. Linda. <laughs> Linda <laughs> Belcher. She's so funny. They're all just hilarious. Like, Gene's pretty hilarious too.
1: I love it when, um, yeah with that I can't remember what episode it was but Jean's the son right Yeah. Jean dressed up like Bob (laughs) that was so good that's a good episode anyways yeah
0: okay yeah a lot of binge watching exactly yeah when
1: the the weather's so great (laughs) we'll be inside watching TV shows
0: oh it'll be bad again yeah Um, get out get
1: on your bike enjoy the sunshine while it lasts
0: or get out your strollers yeah exactly (laughs) walk around the (laughs) seawall
1: totally (laughs) All right, so I guess that concludes episode 15. Episode
0: 15! We should try
1: and do another episode this month. Two episodes a month.
0: Two episodes a month. Okay, play us (laughs) out. That was our show today, episode 15. We had fun, so did you. Let's do this again soon.
1: Maybe in two weeks. Bye.